0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of How Good Is Rugby League? My name is Michael Corbin, and I am joined, as always, by Emmanuel Penklis. Emmanuel, how are you? Michael, how good is rugby league? How
1: good is it to be back and talking about football? (laughs) We have something to review. I... I, It's so fulfilling and satisfying that after nine weeks of somehow filling content, we can actually talk about what we saw on the weekend. And,
0: yeah. and
1: it's, it's, it, was, it was a really enjoyable weekend of football. Um, some bigger scores, some close games, a golden point thriller, new rules, um, surprise packages. Um, it Had it all this weekend. What did you like?
0: I liked a lot of it. Now, the games weren't as close. Like, a lot of the games weren't as close as we'd probably like. But, you know, teams, we, we, we said some teams are going to start, start really fast coming out of this. They're going to be more prepared than the others. And it showed. Uh, I love the new rules. I love the six again rule. I love the one ref. Uh, the game was so fast. And, yeah, I, I think you're in the same boat as me, if I'm not correct.
1: Yeah, I loved it. It absolutely killed my team, but I I loved it. I I thought it was fantastic. Um, Real free-flowing football. It was great to see little men uh, find a whole heap of space. The stoppages were gone. Um, You had uh, small players running around tired forwards and the ball was thrown around from end to end and space was being created um, like we hadn't seen for a very long time. I thought it was great. I thought it it really takes away the the time for scrutiny. Um, So much of what happens is what we see on television. And to have um, less stoppages in the game means less time where we are reviewing um, a call or a decision that a referee has made and going back and analysing that replay over and over. And with the referee blowing, um, calling a six again and a restart based on a ruck infringement, it gives us very little time to scrutinise and the game keeps going. So um, I think from that perspective, um, fantastic. Absolutely fantastic.
0: Yeah. So like Fox Sports came out with a couple stats here. The ball the was in play per game and after two, uh, two minutes and 49 seconds, uh... There were less bunker referrals. There was more tries per game. There was more line breaks per game. There was uh, less penalties. And, you know, average time in play, uh, there, there was less, less delay. So it looks like it was a good thing. And I know everyone's talking about, like, the speed of the game was going to be too fast. But I, I don't think so. And I really think the referees handled it really well. I think I don't, I didn't see too many issues there. I guess they're in a bit of a honeymoon period. It was the first week back. You know, there's there's not going to be that much criticism getting thrown around, and one of the biggest issues probably that hasn't been talked about was the uh, the ten meters. Uh, teams were offside all week, but I think that I think that'll get better as a, as a uh, weeks come along.
1: Yeah, I think the the ten meters and forward passes are probably going to be the things that will um, that slip for now. Um, but I think when the time comes, and you know once maybe we've had 10 rounds of footy, we've had about 80 games, we will start to see more scrutiny of consistency um, um, in what the referees are saying. But I mean, in the same time, it, you're right, it is a honeymoon period. We've had no football for so long. I think everyone was really glad to have it back. But I just really enjoyed, um, it, it was free flowing. It, it seemed not to be as, as stiff and as, as stale as we've seen. And um, the the performance, as we saw, the teams that won played at a frenetic pace um, an absolutely incredible play- pace. And I think this is going to be a long-term, long-term thing that might come out of this: is the blowout scoreline because it's so—it's become so much about momentum. It's so much about like whoever's got the ball gets on a, on a roll. Um, and the stoppages that the refs used to blow—they used to be able to manipulate the game. You could predict when the penalties would come. And then the team that was on the back foot would get one and then they'd get another one and they'd be carried upfield and the momentum of the game swung and it made the games closer. Now that the referees have the whistles in their pocket, there's less control of the game from their perspective. I think we, we might see um, further blowout scores. Um, and I think we, we did see a bit of that. We certainly saw it on uh, Thursday night. Um, we saw it in the early game on Friday. And I think if the, the Roosters had more time, um, we might have seen it um, in the late game on Friday too.
0: Yeah, uh, Parramatta, we're talking about Thursday night, Parramatta, I thought that they were fantastic. They, re- they really looked fit. They really looked like they had planned for this and the new rules and they knew exactly what they were doing. I thought Reed Marnie out a dummy half was absolutely fantastic. His, his play, his speed around the ruck was incredible and his kicking game was really on form, which I hadn't really seen from him. And the other thing that I really like from Panoramata, and I actually messaged you this during the game, it's something that I haven't seen before. Click Goverson looked dangerous. And it's not a word that I've ever used to describe him. He was popping up everywhere and he was making the right runs, the right plays, and it was like it was it was what you want from him. And he's always been a safe fullback. He's he's never, but he's never been that guy that is going to break a game open. And I thought I saw signs of that on Thursday night. And that's what makes me think that Parramatta is going to be a really scary team going forward.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, but it's interesting. You know, you mentioned Gufferson, You mentioned Reid Mahoney. Your number ones and your number nines. Marnie's kicking game. So number nines that had really good kicking games on the weekend, their teams went really well. And number ones that found that found space. Around the rock and through the middle, their teams went well too. So I'm thinking of Manly, I'm thinking of the Roosters, I'm thinking of Newcastle as well. They didn't get the win, but you know, very strong performance um, from their um, number one, number nine. So I think in that sense, this is this is how it's going to work. And I think you know, teams are going to be left behind if they can't adapt to this quickly. Um, We'll get onto this a bit um, later in the podcast with Souths, but I think you know. We had a number one that went missing and a, and a number nine who's got a good kicking game and great speed that couldn't execute it um, against the Roosters pack where, you know, you've got the best uh, Roosters team where you've got the best fullback um, who absolutely dominated three over 300 metres and yep. um, Jake Friend putting in little grubbers and creating space. Um, and, you know, I just think that... That's the platform for how to win with these new rules. Create the space, get the ball moving, free-flowing, exciting football. That's what everyone wants to see, and that's what's going to win you games now.
0: Yeah, agreed. Now, you talk about Souths, uh, that game, uh, Roosters got up 28-12. to 12. Uh, It was close in that first half, and then the Roosters kind of came out in the second half and put their foot down a bit. Uh, I really think Souths, especially with these new rule changes, missed Cody Walker. He would be someone that'd be flying yep. around, right behind, uh, right behind Cook at a dummy half, and with an inexperienced fullback like Latrell, it wasn't. It was. Ne- it was never going to be pretty. I thought Latrell was better, despite his boneheaded move at the very end of the game that led to a Jake French try. But yeah, I think there's. I think Souths are going to be all right. I think Damien Cook is is going to be pretty good in this with these new rules and at some point he's going to be really dangerous around that ruck. You just need your halves to be on fire a bit more. I think Adam Reynolds is a bit bit uh bit hesitant in that first game back.
1: Yeah, look I agree. Um but it was very frustrating to to watch. It was lackluster. Yes, Cody Walker wasn't there, but you know we are a bit short on depth this year compared to other seasons. And, you know, you really have to have contingency plans around that. Luttrell, I I actually thought, had a reasonable, reasonable game. I I do think, however, obviously at the end, I mean, ridiculous, costly, and just uh, like those sort of things lay a blueprint for other teams to exploit those issues down the track. I also don't know what's going on. Dane Gagai was on the wing. Why you wouldn't have the tall Campbell Graham up against Tupou is beyond me. Um, Lots of positional changes. it's very, it, it's frustrating to watch. Um, you you know, our backs really are our strength this year. We, we're light on the forwards and we just have to, we seem to have it all over the place. Um, very messy. I don't know what the solution is. Um, um One of our listeners, Max, um, messaged in and says, Alex Johnson should play back there. Um, I'm not convinced on Alex Johnson. I don't think he, he looks for the ball either. Um, even you know Nathan Merritt back on the day back in the day was a winger at Souths, but could play fullback. He used to run off the hooker, chase the ball, and we don't see anyone really doing that at Souths. And I, I think that's that's going to be a problem for us, where especially where you're looking to offload and get the quick play the balls going, you need those quick players out of dummy half.
0: Yeah, Alex Johnson has had his time at fullback. He's never been anything special back there, despite saying that that's his preferred position. He is better on the wing, Latrell. At his full potential, at, like at his ceiling, Luttrell's probably your best option of fullback. It's just going to take time to get there. And we always said this, it's not going to be, he's not going to come out and be Greg Lewis straight away. It was never going to be that way. Uh, so I think you need to stick with Luttrell at fullback and give him that time. The Roosters are a hard team to beat. You're not going to come out against the, the two-time defending premiers and, you know, brand new rules. Roosters had lost the first two games of the season. They wanted to show up and, you know, on that side of the ball, the Roosters the Roosters looked a lot more crisp than Souths. Uh, Jake Friend looked fantastic, and it's good to see him healthy. Kyle Flanagan had his best game of the season, and there's good signs in that going forward. And uh, Boyd Cordner, was he, his first game back in the season, was so tough on that edge. And you can tell the impact that he makes, he gives to this side.
1: Yeah, um, really solid performance from the Roosters. Um as you expect, with a bit of scrutiny. Um, I, I thought Jake Friend was really, really good for you guys. He really showed his worth. But, you know, a couple of charges come out of that, which we don't know the result of at this stage. So that could play a role coming into next week, um, yeah, this coming week.
0: Radley, Radley's facing um, a one-week suspension. Not sure. that I think that's coming down today. I think Jared rowling Hargraves has accepted a fine and will not miss any time. I also just want to shout out, Brett Morris came up with one of the try-saving tackles, like two tackles in a row of maybe this season, and it's only early. He chased down two South players in the same play. Incredible stuff for a 33-year-old winger. Man, what speed!
1: Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. And you know the caliber of the player he's chasing down. Um, he really should not be chasing down at all. Um, you know, I think from memory was Latrell. Latrell should be, you know, running away and not giving him an inch or anything. So, um, very frustrating to watch for me, Corbs. But, you know, congratulations to you, I guess. I, was there, um, I saw you yelling at the, the TV. Ad-
0: it was fun. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Don't want to talk about it. Um, the <laughs> other thing I really liked, I, I loved, firstly, having Sunday afternoon football back on. I loved yep. it. But I loved the last, the, the four o'clock game, Penrith, Newcastle, two teams. I'm not really jumping to sit down and watch. But this was a this was a great game. It was just you know end to end, nail biting. Ended up fourteen all. We had ten minutes of golden point. Um, you had the um, you had the Penrith five eight kick. Have five attempts at field goal. It, it went left. It went right. It hit the uh, it hit the upright. Um, just a, a really, really good game of rugby league. Um, you know, players out for both sides. Cleary obviously, um, suspended. Um, Pierce knocked out. Um, you know, looked more in Disneyland than usual. Um, and just Ponga, a, a Ponga really, was suspended. really good game.
0: Pongo was suspended. Connor yep. yep. Watson went off in the first ten minutes as well. So it was really the Knights were up against it. They'd probably be they were missing probably their three biggest attacking weapons, and players. Tex Hoy, this kid, I don't know where he's come from, but he's earned himself a spot in that first grade team. He's on the he's been named at number fourteen this week because Ponga's back. And man, he had a great game. Incredible game. Incredible game. Kurt Mann was fantastic. Uh, I do I do feel really sorry for Matt Burton from the Pampers rookie. Uh, second game in the NRL, he's had to take he's had five shots a goal, all of them were great snaps except for one. He just couldn't get the accuracy going. So, you know, that's a lot of pressure for a young kid, and you know, rough, rough second outing. Yeah.
1: Um, I think a great defensive. We know we know Penrith's got a strong pack um, and a strong team. I thought um, Isaiah had a great game. Um, we know Penrith's got a very good pack, though, and I think all, all the eyes were going to be on Newcastle. How would they go with Adam O'Brien? He's got huge wraps. We spoke about him. He's been through Melbourne, he's been through the Rooster system. Um, I thought Newcastle made a defensive statement. Andrew John spoke about how it's one of the best um, performances from a Newcastle team he's ever seen. Um, you know, I think they might have turned the corner. We put it out to Newcastle fans that we yet to hear a response, which is a bit unusual, but um, from the Knights fans, we know. But, you know, it's only round three. Um, but a couple of things that come out of this game that I noticed. Firstly, um, golden point. I wanted to hear what you think about it, Corbs. And the other thing is, can you ever see a point where the seven tackle restart rule changes so that if you're kicking it within your 20, Within the opposition's twenty, then you don't get, and it goes dead. You they don't get a seven tackle restart. That way, you get more grubbers back into the game, and you can get more attacking opportunities on the final tackles.
0: Yeah, I've never been a huge fan of the seven tackle set. I like it was introduced. It was introduced to stop players, uh, to stop teams, uh, from kicking the ball dead. Uh, against players like Billy Slater. I uh, I think he was the main reason. Teams used to target the dead ball line so that Billy Slater could not return the ball uh you know when when the ball was kicked. It really just it I, I don't understand it. It it I've ne- yeah, like I said I've never been a fan. I would like to see that if it's if the ball is kicked within the 20 you know, you don't get that 20-meter – you don't get that seven-tackle set and a 20-meter restart. I think also with the new rules, you know, you're getting that seven-tackle set and then, you know, you you can get a quick play of the ball. And now then, then there's this six-again rule. The the defense is going to have a hard time out there. And it just – it. I understand that yeah. the, the league wants to promote attacking football, but you can't handicap the defense as much as they are, I don't think.
1: Yeah, and but I if you're promoting attacking football, I, I actually feel like this rule is not promoting it because when we were younger, around you know, the start of the two thousands when the Knights and the Roosters and the Tigers won their comps, the grub at yeah. a kick was the ultimate point scoring kick. Yeah. And you know, since the introduction of this rule, it has completely changed and limited how teams score. We know the dogs are notorious for the final tackle on the opposition's try line, so they don't give it away. So that doesn't promote attack. Um, the crossfield kick is the ultimate go-to, and you, you 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 aim for your Daniel Tupos and your Campbell Graham's to get those. But other than that, it's it's not very exciting. If you have yeah. some, we've got some very talented halfbacks. Let them kick them.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think I think it's a uh, uh, yeah. I've I've never been a fan of a save and tackle set. Doesn't seem right to me that you know you have this plan to try and neutralise a fullback, and you can't really do too much about it. Um, if anything, if you can kick a ball seventy meters, you should be rewarded for it, <laughs> not penalised for it. And if you can put a yeah, grubber into I the in goal that that just goes out, you know, if you're kicking it from your ten meter uh, from their ten meter line, it just goes out. It should be a seven tackle set. I agree with you.
1: What about golden point?
0: I'm a fan of golden point. I've never had an issue with golden point. I understand that it gets to a point where teams are just snapping field goals and no one actually tries to score a try. But even in this game, there was a couple try scoring opportunities. Edric Lee dropped the ball with the line wide open in front of him. Yeah, I'm. I've never been. I've never had an issue with golden point. I know some people say uh, leave it as a. You know, if you, if you play that many minutes and it's fourteen 0 let it be a draw. I prefer to see some team try and win it. Uh, so yeah. I I am for golden point. Uh, if you can't settle it after an extra ten minutes, though, happy with the draw and yeah maybe maybe though in the I, finals, maybe in the finals you go golden try i don't know though it could extend the game out a long time yeah well i i think they've already brought that in
1: or maybe it's just extra time they brought in but i like i like the idea of i mean i we watched this game on sunday and you come out of there very satisfied that after 90 minutes a draw is the the result um, both teams deserve a point for their performance but i if I think if one team what was to win that game, say Burden got his fourth attempted field goal, I don't think Newcastle did enough to lose that game, and Penrith don't think did enough to win. Whereas if they if it was a try, I think that's a bit different. So um, I think golden try is probably better. It also takes away the risk of you know a two point penalty goal being the difference. So, but that's just me. Um, but something to talk about as the season goes on. Yeah,
0: we're going to have um, a few more golden points going forward. So, we'll see what happens yeah, after that. Yeah, I think so. Could change my opinion. I think so.
1: <laughs> um, now, one, other thing, um, one other
0: thing I'd like to mention. Uh, I had my doubts about Canberra Raiders' George Williams, the, the English halfback. Yeah. Um, he shattered all yeah. those doubts on the weekend. He was absolutely fantastic. And... Yeah. Raiders are going to be really, really, really dangerous going forward if he puts keeps on putting performances in like that, and I think he really it, the fact that you've got a a playmaking hooker like Josh Josh Hodgson, who can steer the uh, who who basically plays the role of a halfback from that hooking position, gives you the opportunity to have two running halves, and it makes Canberra so dangerous, really, really dangerous, and. Yeah, George Williams blew blew my expectations out of the water, and I was just I just wanted to say I was really impressed with him. Yeah, I
1: the, the, he what I agree he was amazing. We both got that tip wrong. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened with Melbourne. That's very uncharacteristic from Melbourne. Um, I, did I read that that's the third loss in a row that Melbourne have had to Canberra? So yep. in, um, care, in Melbourne, there's, there's a bit of in Melbourne. So there's Mm. there's a bogey stat developing right there. Um, But yeah, really impressive from Canberra. I think um, Canberra, Parramatta and Manly, although quality of Manly's opposition questionable, but Para, Canberra, Manly, they're playing really great football, Um, right to the rules. They've got exciting players across their spine and um, just really enjoyed watching the three in this weekend, and if the other thirteen teams can play like that, we're going to have one hell of a competition.
0: Yeah, agreed. Now, Emmanuel, at the other end of the spectrum, it's coming. I'm yes. ready. I'm ready.
1: Okay, Michael. Michael, <laughs> I have a question for you. Yes. There was a really, really there was a really big game at three p.m. on Saturday afternoon. The New Zealand yes. Warriors currently away from home, away from family, camped in a foreign country in a pandemic, up against St George. I tipped the Warriors. You tipped St George. Would you like to make any comments about this?
0: I tip St. George, yes. And I even said... Block
1: block your ears, everyone. (laughs) uh, Yeah. St.
0: George George fans, if you don't want to hear me go on an absolute tirade, skip this section. That's fine. I don't care. But I have to get this off my chest. I even said it last week. Watch the Dragons let me down like they let their fans down every week. And guess what they did, Emmanuel? They let down their fans once again. The New Zealand Warriors had no right to win that game yet they absolutely destroyed the Dragons. The situation that the Warriors have been put in is unfathomable, and yet they still managed to put in a top-tier performance. They completed 46 out of 48 sets. They had 44 out of 44 sets completed at the 75th minute. Now hard it is to do that, and you know what that shows to me? That shows to me that the Dragons had absolutely zero intensity whatsoever throughout that whole game that you cannot force a single error for 75 minutes is absolutely woeful. They did not score a point. Ben Hunt was useless. He was hopeless. And I think he's lucky to have a position in this team this week. He's been named at number six. Now, the big question is, how long has Mary got left in this job? I've heard he has two weeks. I think that's been reported. And one of the big issues with firing him is, one, you're going to have to pay out his contract. And two, there's no really, there's no one to replace him other than Shane Flanagan. Now, I, I I believe that Flanagan was suspended under the Greenberg administration, so there may be there may be an opportunity for this ban to be shortened. That so that if Mary is relieved of his duties as the Dragons coach, which let's be honest, I think he really should be. I think. He has lost that playing group and there is absolutely no intensity in that team. No one wants to play for each other. I think, I think Flanagan may be able to get the better out of his team, but man, there's so much talent in that team, and it's just not working, and it's been years and years, and Mary has Mary's failed. That team has failed, and I, he, Mary's not the sole reason. There's players on that team who just need to be held at a higher standard. Corey Norman and Ben Hunt together have not worked. It's time to let that go, and yeah, for a dra- I, 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 I hate the Dragons. I've told everyone that I hate the Dragons, but this team this team needs a change, and the fact that it hasn't happened yet is is a poor decision by their by their governing body. Um, wow, that was. Really enjoyable. No, um,
1: okay, a <laughs> couple of things. Okay, couple of things. Firstly, before I kick off, we put this out to our uh, many, many fans. And these are some, it got Dragons fans talking. So PNT, one of our mates, hard St. George fan. This is what he says. McGregor is finished. As a diehard Dragons fan, I've never been more embarrassed. The club should be ashamed of themselves. They have the roster there, good enough to make top eight, and we can't even go close to beating a battling Warriors team. I can't believe they trained nine weeks and put up that rubbish. Watching them play on the weekend was very painful and painful, and even McGregor said they played like strangers. What does that say about his leadership? Max Evans writes, they need a rebuild, which generally involves a new coach. James Comino says Mary shouldn't have ever been um, ever commenced his uh, contract two year contract extension last year. Then finishing fifteenth, he still has a job. Um, and Zanna says um, McGregor is saved by the fact that the Sharks um, were caught cheating, and we're waiting for Flanagan to take over in 2022. But he'd like to see Dean Young take over as an interim coach. I don't think that's a bad idea. I think he comes from a premiership-winning team um, in the Wayne Bennett era. I don't think that's a bad idea. I have concerns about Shane Flanagan's suspension uh, winding up just because the Dragons are in trouble. We need to send a message to these um, players and coaches that these sort of things and cheating is taken very seriously by our game. Just because a club needs a coach, it doesn't mean that we should give them what they want. Um, The game needs to have some integrity around these issues too. Um, but I, I gr- I'm I just actually while you, were, yeah, um, while you're having that really enjoyable rant, um, I was just thinking in my head about what coaches have actually held their positions as long as McGregor has, and the only ones I can think of are um, Trent Robinson, and Paul Green, and Brad Arthur. And I think that's it. And so two of them are premiership winners, and um, potentially Parrata and Craig Bellamy, of course. But um, yeah. So something to think yeah. about.
0: Yeah. Uh, I like. Yeah. One thing I would like to say is Cameron McKinnis came back, and he's the heart and soul of that team. And he put everything out on that field. Get him some help, seriously. He made seventy four tackles. He missed none, and yet that team still lost twenty to nil. Man, just bad, bad showing from the Dragons. Uh, but he McGregor is on the hot seat. They've versed the Bulldogs this week. And uh, Dean Pay is also on the hot seat from what I've heard. Uh, he, might, he might lose his job if he does not beat the Dragons. And I think vice versa, Mary will probably yeah. lose his job if he doesn't beat the Bulldogs. So we might see one coach fired after this week. Well,
1: clubs. I don't even think they're comparable. I mean, comparable. I mean, um, the Bulldogs have been. The Bulldogs have had notorious salary cap issues. Dean Page, in his second year at the club, they don't have any marquee players other than Kieran Foran. Uh, Mary McGregor is in what his seventh season coaching. He's taken them to two finals. He's got a, a classy roster. He's got Origin experience. He's got international experience. The Dragons haven't had any salary cap issues. I don't even, even know why Dean Pate's job is on the block. They've I mean, Canterbury knew these two seasons were a period of rebuild. It's about bringing some pride to the jersey. They had a good finish to last season. Um, they've had a tough start to this year. They've played, they've played Parramatta and they've played Manly, who I think are two of the front runners in the competition. Um, and St. George have played the Warriors. So, and I just, the other thing I saw is that St. George have won two of their last 13 games both against the Gold Coast.
0: Yep, that's correct. And the Titans. So, um, the Titans should not be a measuring stick for any team in the NRL. So yeah, bad signs for the Dragons. I completely agree with you. I was a bit shocked that I heard that Dean Payes' troubles on the line. We thought that he had this two-year period, and yeah, they're missing. Brandon Brandon Wakem was really good in that um, Cowboys game in round two. He was missing this week. I think he might have been injured. Uh, So even even their spark at half, but at at five eight was missing, and yeah, I I couldn't, I don't understand why he's on the hot seat. Uh, But the Bulldogs are very volatile with their coaching over the last uh, few years, and they want results before a coach can actually build something around uh, with what he's been doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, and look, if, if they were to get rid of pay at the end of this season, and say a new coach with a marquee signing player, I, I would understand that. I would understand that, you know, Dean pays that kind of bring pride back to the Jersey, like your Bediris at Newcastle or when Fittler coached the Roosters. That, that yeah. is fine. But I, doing this now is a waste of money. And I, I, I think that's a really stupid move on, on Canterbury's part, but at St. George, I, I think it's almost necessary, but uh, I, I, if I was St George, I'd probably would be looking at moving a few of their players on, um, I mean, don't forget that the one that's moving on next year is probably their best player at the moment, Tyson Prizel. So, or one of yeah. their best, at least.
0: Yeah, and, and the Dragons' struggles are actually, you know, uh, stopping players from potentially signing there. I know Moses Suli was supposed to, you know, the, the manly center was in talks with Dragons and was potentially signing this week. But the unrest at that club and the volatility... Uh, that's going on there at the moment, just the poor players it's kind of turned him off. And, you know, why would you want to go to a team that has struggled for so long and has no forward, has no solid direction? Um, yeah. I, I think, I think that there has been a shakeup this week in their, in their team list. Uh, Matt Duffy has been dropped, which I agree with. I do not find Matt Dufty a good uh, player, but they've stuck Corey Norman at fullback. I don't think he has the speed to be a fullback. Uh, ben Hunt has gone to number six. I think he's more suited for that utility role at number 14. And they've, uh, they're bringing Adam Clune in for Debo, which I think is the right choice. I think he needs to be in their number seven going forward. What I would have done is I would have had Tristan Saylor play at fullback. He looked great at the back end of last year. Uh, I would have had Norman at six, and I would have had Ben Hunt at, in the utility role and McInnes could have shifted to 13 while uh, Ben Hunt ran that hooking role for 20, 30 minutes or whatever it was. That would have been my decision. Uh, so even now, I'm disagreeing with what the coaching yeah. staff is doing.
1: Yeah, but it begs the question. is like, why did you sign him on this bumper long-term deal if you're going to play him in positions like that anyway?
0: At this point, it doesn't matter how much they're being paid. You need to get results. And if that means benching a million-dollar player, you have to do it. I'm sorry. It doesn't matter how much he's making.
1: I didn't realise you were in contention for the coaching gig. Um, Corbs, last week, you got six. I got five. Yeah. Um, Roosters South turned out to be the difference. And I should have gone with my head, not with my heart. And <laughs> I won't be making that mistake
0: this week. So... <laughs> ooh, um, interesting. I right, telegraphing something. Okay.
1: Yeah. Thursday night. Um, Thursday night, Brisbane play the Roosters. Yep. Um, Katoni Staggs is out.
0: Yep. David Fafida uh, is still, still having- out. Peter Pangai yep. is still out. Alex Glenn is out with a laceration to his leg, which he needed surgery for. So the Broncos pack is a bit thin. Uh, Matt Lodge yep. came back, which is Roos- a good sign for them. Um,
1: yeah, Roosters will have Orbison and Tauke Possibly been named on the uh, returning, bench. they're yeah. named eighteen, nineteen. Yeah, and then yeah. Roosters will find out about Victor Radley tonight, yeah. um, who I thought played a great game the other night. I, I didn't. Even, I'm not so sure that hit on Gagai was that bad. I actually thought Gagai ran into it, um, yeah. and as a South yeah. supporter, it was probably Gagai's most effective contribution that night was to get Radley suspended. So, <laughs> um, you know, and I've said there.
0: So, I'm going for the Roosters. Yeah, I've also tipped the Roosters. No surprise for me. Um, Should be a good game, though. Uh, Up in Brisbane, it will be a tough trip for the Roosters. But, yeah, I think uh, we needed to get that win last week. And now I think our momentum will just continue on.
1: Yeah. Um, The early game on Friday, Penrith versus the Warriors. I think this is a danger game for Penrith. Mm -hmm. I think that they still have... Uh, Cleary out, they're going to be exhausted having played on Sunday and it's a five day turnaround for them. They played a 90 minute game um, and the Warriors will have a lot of confidence in, I know it was against St George um, who we've absolutely just obliterated as a team um, and critique them. But I I, I think a, a confidence boosting win like that is, is something that can really start a run for them. So um, I'm going Penrith, but I I, I would not be surprised if Penrith lose.
0: Yeah, I've also gone the Panthers. It was a bit of a toss-up for me, just based on what I saw last week. Uh, But I think, yeah, I think Penrith's pack is a little better. And I think the Royals really wanted to prove something last week. And they're going to be coming up uh, against a lot tougher competition this week. So, yeah, I've gone Panthers as well.
1: Yeah. Um, this, the Channel Nine game Friday night, Storm Bunnies, Amy Park. Um, look, both teams, both really disappointing last time. Um, I, I don't know. For me, it's gonna. I, I can't see South winning this without Cody Walker. Um, I can't see Melbourne losing two in a row at Amy Park. Um, I do have question marks about how Melbourne will cope with these new rules, but I, I think they're going to beat South. Um, South's left a, a lot of questions after last week's performance. maybe I was extra critical but um, pretty ordinary I thought too many um, too many players out of place um, yeah I, I can't say much more on that I'm, like, I'm, I'm so disappointed with how they went um, anyway.
0: Uh, yeah, I think South's have, have struggled down in Melbourne as well, despite the fact that there is no crowds. You know, it's a hard place to go, Amy Park. Uh, so I have also gone the storm. Uh, yeah, Cameron Smith. Uh, there's questions about whether Cameron Smith's the best hooker in the game anymore, whether it is Josh Hodgson. So, you know, maybe he wants to silence those doubters. Um, yeah, I. It was a tough one again. This, this round is actually pretty tough in terms of tipping. I, but I have gone Melbourne. Yeah, a, so a lot based, of great games. Yeah, based on some of the reasons you said, just I can't see Melbourne losing two in a row down in Melbourne. Yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, okay, this is a great game. Um, this is a really hard tipping round. So, great game, 5.30 Saturday, Parramatta and Manly. Um, two old rivals. They absolutely hate each other. Both came into the comp, 1947. Manly, far more successful. Um, but is this the year of the ill? Who knows? This game, I have to go Parra based on what I saw last week.
0: Yeah, I've done the same thing. I think Para came up against a tougher opponent in the in the Broncos compared to Manly. Um, yeah, I just thought Manly, uh, Para's spine was just incredible. Not that, not that Manly's weren't. Um, and, you know, a healthy Trebojevic, uh is always a good sign for Manly, but I just think Para might have the edge. I think it's being played at Bank West, so that does help a little bit as well. Um, yeah, I've gone para, but I don't think it's going to be by much. I think it's going to be a really close and a really tough game.
1: Yeah, and um, I hope Ruben Carrick practices kicking during the week because I think he missed something like five or six shots at goal.
0: Um, and Mitchell which Moses is a bit of a, which is well. cost- which could
1: be costly. Yeah, which could be costly in a close game. The other thing I think is that um, Dylan Walker could go quite well under these new rules. Um, he used to carve it up for Souths when he made space, when they found space, um, even when he played a few of those positions five eight. So, it'd be interesting to see how he goes in that position across the year because I, I do feel like he has underperformed um, at Manly.
0: But yeah, yeah what, so both going power there. Then, then the next game, Cowboy Sharks. Uh, I have got now. Tavaloa's out. Um, I think he might be injured. Yes. I didn't see the didn't see the news, but yeah, he he has not been named. He's not even in the extended team, so he will definitely not be playing this week. Sharks actually played a bit better than what I thought they would after the horror week that they had. Um, yeah, but up in North Queensland. I am going to Chad stick Townsend with the Cowboys. is out. Yeah, Chad Townsend well. is out. Matt, Matt Moylan is back though, and he will be playing number six. Uh, even though yeah. Moylan, I think Moylan came off the bench last week, did he? Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm sticking with the Cowboys. I thought they had a pretty good showing, even if it was against the Titans.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think um, Moylan and Johnson is not a halves combination I can get behind, um, but I do think that the Cowboys will miss Tamalola. So. Not expecting um, Cowboys to win by much there. Then this is going to be a very good game. Uh, Four o'clock Sunday, Raiders Newcastle.
0: Hmm. Now, Pong is back. Campbelltown Stadium. Ponga's back. Pierce is back. Campbelltown Stadium.
1: McCulloch is playing. McCulloch's yep. playing nine. Yeah. I think Connor is still out. Um, to so, yeah.
0: Yeah. So I am going with the Raiders just. Because they're undefeated and they dismantled the storm last week, so, this week. So it makes, yeah, as, as much as I want to give Newcastle uh, the props that they deserve, Canberra look like the better team at the start of the season.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I, you know, sometimes a big win like that can make me so complacent, but I think Canberra is just determined um, to exert revenge on what happened at the end of last year. Um, Ricky's got them. Prime for this season, uh, their combinations are already in place. Um, McCulloch hasn't played nine yet for Newcastle, and I think this is a tough week to get your combinations clicking. So um, I'm with you. I think Canberra to win this one, but I think it should be a really good game if Newcastle defend like they defended last week. There won't be much in it, um, but I think Canberra's experience will get them over the line.
0: Yeah, agreed. Uh,
1: then last yeah, Sunday last game of the six- round.
0: Oh no, there's two more. Second lap. Second lap. Yeah.
1: yeah. Um, Titans and the Tigers. I'm going mm-hmm. for the Tigers. Um, Gold Coast, they have to win six games before I can ever tip them, I think. Um, <laughs> yeah. I yeah. just, I, I, I don't even know like with them. Like, what, what, what are they? What do they do?
0: Yeah. I can't look.
1: work them out as a team.
0: They're, I think now, after Sunday, if they, you know, I think as of Sunday, they're going to be 365 days without a win. So they've gone a full year, a full calendar year, without getting a single win and troubling signs of the Titans. We knew it was going to be a tough year for them, though. They're going through a complete rebuild. Uh, yeah, easy choice, Tigers. Uh, Harry Grant looked absolutely fantastic in his debut. And yeah, uh, they tigers tigers look like they've actually come together. I was a bit sceptical about how their team would line up at the start of the season, but uh, they look like they have a solid spine right now. And you know their forward packs playing well, and it could be they could be a bit of a, a, you know, a sneaky top eight team, maybe even a bit higher.
1: Yep, hundred percent. And you know tigers look very fit last week, as we said. Michael Maguire teams always very well prepared. Um, and I think it's going to be the same on Sunday night. So I can't believe that coming into the final game of the round, four, which we're both tip the same teams. Everything. So who is going to win this? Or, or let me phrase it better: who is not going to lose this game between the Bulldogs and the Dragons?
0: I have gone the Dogs. Now the reason I've gone the Dogs is because. I think that you know they they've got they might not have the better team on paper but I've seen better performances out of them this year and you know they have been competitive in two games out of the three this year. The Dragons haven't been good at all and yeah, I think Paul McGregor's time is up after this week. So I have gone the dogs. What about you?
1: I'm going the dragons.
0: okay I knew it had to be sim- <laughs> we had to be different somewhere. it was it was too good to be true <laughs> uh, you
1: no know like I'm looking at these teams and I'm thinking how are we actually talking about the possibility that that a dragon's team with these names could lose to a Bulldogs team with these names It's not right. it can't yeah, it be right It's like, not you right look at them but... and you just like on paper. St George should be all over this.
0: I'm, I'm in the boat that you are with the Titans. Dragons need to prove that they can win a few times in a row for me to ever tip them again. They've let me down a couple times this year, I think, and now I'm, now I'm done. You've lost my trust, and I know they don't have their own fans' trust, so I'm going for dogs.
1: Yeah, I've got a feeling that a lot of St George supporters are going to be tipping the Bulldogs so that Mary goes.
0: Oh yeah, and I think, I the think they're hoping won- for a loss.
1: Yeah, uh, well, which makes me wonder. I mean, the players of that mind too. That's the only thing yeah. I'm picking on. And but, like, like um, what does what
0: little... does the other thing is what does what does a win against the dogs really prove for the Dragons? Like they say he's got two weeks to, two weeks to you know, uh, save his job. They've versed the dogs this week. Who do they verse a week after that? That's really going to save his job.
1: Maybe the two weeks is so that the new coach knows they have to isolate before they can
0: start they verse so look they verse, they verse the dogs this weekend and they verse the sharks the week after like Dragons should beat both of those teams they have a better team than both of those teams on paper so they're two results that should go the Dragons way I just even if they win both of them I don't think McGregor's job should be saved it should be gone already but whatever that's my thoughts look uh, so let's, let's reek. don't stress let's, Remember, (laughs) you don't support them. You don't support them. They're not your team. I know. You've never
1: had this stretch. You support the roosters.
0: (laughs) Hey, we had a wooden spoon once. It was tough. Yeah, I remember it vividly.
1: Um, Okay, so we've gone the roosters, the panthers, the storm, the eels, the cowboys, the raiders, and the tigers. Wow, too much agreement. Not a fan of that. Mm -hmm. And then you've you've gone the dogs, and I've gone St. George. Yep. And then I've set myself up for a really good rant next Tuesday, hey?
0: Okay? Yeah. Um, by the yep. way, if you have been following my tips, uh, I started the season going eight of eight. I went seven of seven, seven of eight in week two, and six of eight in week three. So I'm sitting on twenty-one out of twenty-four. So I'm doing all right. If you wanna, if you wanna follow along, you wanna win your chipping comp, you know, good place to, good place to get some information here. Bit of a humble brag.
1: Famous (laughs) last words. Famous (laughs) last words. Yeah. Um, And I. (laughs) um, I think that's it for us. On that note, I've had enough. Um,
0: (laughs) Yeah. It should be. It should be a good round of football.
1: Another week. I'm so happy we went. We we went through a whole podcast. We didn't talk about off-field incidents. We talked about football. We talked about rules. We talked about team lineups. Wonderful. How yeah, good is rugby it league?
0: Good. It was good. And I actually want to give a shout out to someone who reached out to me. Who said that uh, you guys are making me in like making me excited for rugby league this week, uh, this season. So, thanks for the support, guys. Continue to please rate, review, subscribe, reach out to us. Uh, the email is howgoodisrugbyleague at gmail.com and you can find us on all social media. Um, yeah. And one more figure manual. How good is rugby league? How good is rugby league? Go the bunnies. Thanks, guys.